Hey everybody, Giant. welcome to the Classic Gaming oh! Podcast. Uh, hi. Glad hey. I didn't finish that thought. Scared me, Robert. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm always sad when you don't finish. <laughs> it's alright, things get blue. Ooh. I'm the host. I'm the host of you're the Classic Gaming Podcast. My name's you're, Robert. You're the co-host, let's be honest. Co- yeah. Let's call a shoe a shoe. Robert's going to be mad if you keep interrupting Blake. You should probably stop doing that. <laughs> he interrupted me first. No, yes. I was, I was going to wait for him to talk and interrupt him again. <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> okay, then. That's Jay Totoro. Jay, say hi. Hi. Blake? Hi, hi, hi. Well, That's Blake Corey. And, and I'm your host, Robert Ring. No. I think you guys want to talk about news. <laughs> I think we're good. I think first we're done. off, it's just it was a good podcast. That felt good. That's a wrap. I think we had a lot of highs and lows already. Let's just call it a day. Well, okay. Oh, oh hey. Okay. Hey. All right. What if you guys? What if uh? Playing some games. What have you guys yeah, been up to? Games. Yeah. Watching Blake yeah. be drunk on stream. Which <laughs> it's fun. Oh, we got Robot. Hold on a second. I got Robot. Let's call him Robart. Call both. <laughs> ah, I get it. Or Roberto after the Robert. Robot. Okay. What have you guys been up to? It was How's weird. It up the there first with day, you, we, were, we were all prepared for this snowpocalypse bullshit, and uh, my girlfriend, Becca, went out. She went to the store the day before it was supposed to start, and she stocked up on all this snack food and stuff for us so we wouldn't have to leave the house for the weekend. And then the first day where it was supposed to be snowing all day, she's like, look outside. Nothing's even happening. And then about a half an hour after she said that, everything went to hell. <laughs> And then it took a break again. And then when I woke up today, we had another oh, really? snowstorm. It looks really pretty outside. And thankfully, like we live in an area, we live in Colorado, cool. so we the people here are used to snow, so we don't have to worry about people being stupid about that. At least if it snowed here, I think I would kill myself. Just because of stupid. <laughs> yeah. Like when it rains here, people <laughs> freak out and pull off on the side of the road. Yeah. Yeah, so. places that don't get snow very often, that like or even weather. if they just get half an inch, they <laughs> lose really their minds mm-hmm. if it's like the Joker. <laughs> People lose their damn minds. Yeah, uh, one of my friends is a uh, surgeon, and he said that the hospital sent out an email to everybody, like warning them that there might that like they might have to like I don't I guess they were shutting down the hospital. I didn't really think to ask him about that, which. Obviously doesn't make sense. I guess they were gonna shut down certain offices. And, uh, they said like, uh, the, the weather is predicting that we might expect up to one tenth of an inch of snow. One tenth of an inch, nice. So. Jesus Christ, how horrifying. Yeah. That's scary for us, I'll be honest with you. <laughs> I don't know what Anyway, it's snowing here right now, it looks pretty cool outside. It's, it just started like a couple hours ago. It'll be interesting to see what happens overnight. Oh, yeah, we've been getting snow since before I woke. Well, my sleeping schedule was all messed up today. I didn't get up to, like, 3.30. Dude, what's up, girl? You're with me. <laughs> Good day, early. Well, I'm used to getting up, like, at noon or 1. Okay. So I, I just couldn't sleep last night. So I woke up super late today. I It's been a weird day for me. I still love hey, you. I need to take some sleep pills. Dude, I'm probably going to have to tonight. Just Why so would you tell him that, Robert? <laughs> What's wrong with you? Hey, we should take some drinking or drink and take some sleeping pills. Go sit in the bathtub for a while. <laughs> this is your problem. Uh, anything else? Anything worth 
any cool stories worth talking about, or you want to no, jump no, to the news? I don't think second. so. I didn't hear much going on. It's been a quiet week. Besides some drama. Uh, Mortal Kombat 1, 2, and 3 are on GOG now. Nice. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, that is pretty cool. Uh, let's see what else. There's the, no, that's not a really good one. Uh, Nintendo, no, Netflix is supposedly working on a live action Legend of Zelda. Sequence. Yeah, I heard about that. What, Blake, what are your oh, thoughts about yeah, that? Yeah, actually. Um, I don't have high hopes for it because yeah, I don't either. I, pick it. <laughs> I mean, the thing for me is I don't like where the Zelda series, the direction it went in. There's a lot of reasons I don't have hope for it. Uh, the fact that a live action Zelda series, I just don't think it can work. I don't think it's going to come across very well. Like, the uh, story the other thing hasn't is, been, like, the biggest thing with it, right? Like, I mean, obviously well, there's it, a story behind it Zelda. it used to be, but they've really okay. moved it in that direction. And that's one of the hmm. things that I don't like about the more, <laughs> the, quote, more modern Zelda titles. They really went in that direction starting with Ocarina of Time, and then they just kind of took it and ran with it after that. Like, specifically with Majora's Mask. So for me, the big, the story aspect of the series isn't what I give a shit about, so I don't... Yeah, that's what I... For me personally, I'm not going to have much to take from that. Yeah, I don't, I just flat out don't see how you can make this work, but it'll be really... Yeah, I don't see how it's gonna work. I mean, they're gonna have, like, who are they even gonna get to play the characters? Like, <laughs> That's what I'm curious about. They're not even characters! Link doesn't have a character, aside from, ah! Yeah, right? <laughs> like his voice, Link like... can be played by Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh my god. <laughs> Kill yourself. No, but seriously though, like, like not. I mean, the characters have very simplistic dialogue thus far. Like, yeah, it's, they're extremely basic. Yeah, basic bitches, man. <laughs> it's um, I mean, yeah, there's not like a. It's it's like Mario, kind of in the sense that there's not really like a backstory or anything like that, like character-wise, <laughs> to go on. I hope it turns out as <clears throat> good as the <laughs> Mario movie. The Mario movie. Did you see that thing <laughs> Mario yeah. Did you see that post on Reddit about that? The actors went drunk or were drunk most of the time on the scene because they knew the movie was going to be bad already. No, I just heard that. <laughs> it's fucking hilarious. Oh my god. Sad. Mario Kart. The Mario cartoon was fun. Yeah, the cartoon is fine. I mean that because it can be they can get away with that kind of ridiculous. Yeah action and uh, facial expressions and stuff. Mm-hmm. The hokiness yeah. and the corniness of it all. Like in a movie, that's almost never going to work very well. Yeah, I have a feeling... In a live that action th- movie specifically. I have a feeling that this is going to be one of those things that doesn't ever end up actually getting made. Mm. I, I really hope so. <laughs> I do too, honestly. Like I would prefer it never be made than to be made and it be shit and us never talk about it again. Yeah. Because like if it's made and it's shit, everybody's gonna point to that as the newest reason why the adapt video games adapted into movies doesn't work and all this shit. So I'm not looking forward to the, uh, the newest blame target, really. Yeah, because that's all no, it's gonna it's be. True. That's I mean, it's really. Up. Yep. I mean, uh, like the chances of it being good, like it would have to like be so creative and unique to be good. Like I don't know how you could. I I just can't even imagine how it could be done. Can you guys? No, not at all. I honestly can't. That's why I have. Yeah, that, that's exactly okay. Okay. I cannot possibly imagine a world in which this actually turns out really well. Yeah, I'm the same. Okay. All right, there you go. Because the Zelda games, I mean, to summarize, the Zelda games are about the puzzles. For me, it's about the puzzles, yeah. even if the puzzles aren't very creative anymore. And 
It's the, uh, how are you going to foc- make a movie about that? You're not. So instead, we're going to get a movie that focuses on a bunch of characters. And love stories. Them. Don't forget the love story. Uh, and it's going to be a bunch of made-up stuff, like the love story, sort of. There, There's themes in the Zelda games, yes. But for the most part, they're going to play up so many of the story aspects that it's going to feel awkward and out of place. It's yeah. just not going to function. Um, the Strong National Museum of Play, which is located in Rochester. Is it Rochester or Rochester? Rochester. 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 New York has launched the World Video Game Hall of Fame, an organization to that recognizes influential video games. Cool. How about that? You know, do they uh, have comments on what they're going to honor yet, or is it just that? It uh, there actually, you can nominate games right now. Uh, nominations received by March 31st will be considered for the June 2015 induction. So the June 2015 induction will be the first induction of video games into the, uh, into the strong National Museum of Plays World Video Game Hall of Fame. I hope that um, picks selection a game to nominate and just make it amazing. You know, My Little Pony well, or something ridiculous. They're not like, I mean, well, <laughs> they're not just like flat out. It's not just like. Okay. Everybody, whoever gets the most votes, it's like you can nominate it, and then they it looks like okay, they you decide. nominate. Okay. Um, the selection criteria. Let's see. The World Video Game Hall of Fame recognizes individual electronic games of all types: arcade, console, computer, handheld, and mobile. Sure. Meet that meet the following criteria: icon status. The game is widely recognized and remembered. Longevity. The game is more than a passing fad and has enjoyed popularity over time. Geographical reach. The game meets the above criteria across international boundaries. And influence. The game has exerted significant influence on the design and development of other games, on other forms of entertainment, or on popular culture and society in general. A game may be inducted on the basis of this criterion without necessarily having met all of the first three. Damn, son. Wow, that sounds complicated. I couldn't even yeah. keep up with that. <laughs> What's interesting is I was actually talking about some about this with my dad this week. Is that you remember you guys know Snake, obviously the the game. Yeah, uh, yeah Solid so, Snake. I knew you were going to go there, Robert. So kill yourself, kill yourself, Robert. Please. Uh, it was uh, it was put onto a Nokia phone in the early two thousands, and that phone sold like hotcakes just because of that one game. And it's like the uh, that was the first introduction to it hot for cakes. me at least. What'd you say? Hot? Did you ever had hotcakes? No, I know. I, I just. <laughs> Like only people who are sitting. Yeah. (laughs) Wait, 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 wait. Say that again. I was saying only people that are like seventy-two years old use that phrase. Sold like hotcakes. Hotcakes are fantastic. Uh, what game? If you guys can nominate one game, what are you gonna nominate? What would you nominate? Holy shit! There's so many obvious ones. Obviously, there are really hundreds. I mean, okay, if we're going for like influentialness. Let's pretend that's a word. Go with me on this. All right. I, I honestly, Final Fantasy VII is one of the most influential oh, games yeah. of all time. Oh yeah. Like, uh, not even not even trying to fanboy about it. Final Fantasy VII uh, seriously moved the medium of video games towards a highly cinematic experience. I think it's the most well-known it, Final Fantasy title of all time as well. Probably. Oh, I I think it would have to be. Uh... Yeah. I mean, any Mario game, any Zelda game, for well, not any, but any Zelda, Mario, you know, like the the, the big names like that, I think are obvious. Yeah, that, I think probably Sim was a good one though. It, it's it was huge. It sold like hotcakes. And... <laughs> <laughs> like, 
It, it really did make a lot of developers say, oh, hey, why don't we add a lot more cinematic stuff into our games? Uh, I think it was the number one cause of the shift in the genre towards that. It wasn't the number one selling game for PlayStation, though, funny enough. What it was? was? Number, it was like number 10. Uh, number one, I think, was a racing or sports game. Uh, top selling PS1 games. What about uh, Plumbers Don't Wear Ties? Oh, God. Robert, I'm going to hang you by your toenails. Uh, <laughs> Gran Turismo was number one at 11 million. Final Fantasy VII was number two, actually, at 10 million. Mm. Gran Turismo 2 was 10 million okay. right behind it, yeah. Resident I was going to say number 10 for Final Fantasy VII. That seems unlikely. Yeah, no, I thought it was further down, actually. My, my apologies. Uh, Final Fantasy VIII was number five. What is it yeah. we're looking at right now? Metal Gear Solid was like number seven. Uh, top it? selling games for PlayStation 1. Okay. Hmm. Cool. All right, there you go. I mean, trying to think of other games. Like, there's the obvious ones, like you said, like Mario. Uh, yeah. And Zelda, and pff, what other ones even matter? Let's be honest. I know. I don't. I don't think Sonic <laughs> is, is it. I was thinking Sonic. I mean, the only reason I think of it as iconic is because it really brought the play, the Sega for at least for me to limelight. Like, yeah. I don't it know. was the we've flag character for the Sega. Yeah, but yeah, that, exactly. It never. It, it never saw the success that Mario did. I agree. We've sort of talked about this before, and this is obviously much more recent than those games, but eventually, some point down the line, GTA 3 is going to have to... Yeah, know. dude, right? Uh, Even yeah, GTA, GTA 1 was good. I, I actually, I know a lot of people hated that game, but I like GTA 1. I like it. Was yeah, really yeah, even GTA time. 1, you could make an argument for that one, too. It was so fun, and it was so inappropriate, too. Like, oh my God. I, I actually really enjoyed that game. So anyway, you can go to worldvideogamehalloffame.org. Slash nominate. And Robert, you'll uh, appreciate this. I gotta tell you this. After you're done. Sorry. That's it. You can just nominate a game there. <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. So, I was researching <laughs> uh, old, old esports events, and uh, World Cyber Games, the first one ever, was in 2000. Um, the prize pool was 200 grand. Guess what the big titles were? Obviously, Brood Orb was in there. I'm, not, I'm just gonna throw it there. Um, uh, just, really I'm gonna fun. say. 2000. Um, Counter Strike? Yeah, Counter Strike. Nope. No. Wait. There was an FPS. There was two FPSs, Wait. actually. Wait. Wait. And there was one other one. There was uh, a sports game, two RTSs, and two FPSs. You guys named one RTS and one FPS. Uh, Unreal Tournament. Unreal Tournament was the other FPS. Really? Um, yep. Quake and uh, Unreal, StarCraft Brood War, Age of Empires 2, and FIFA 2000 were the five big titles. Nice. <laughs> yeah, I was okay. going to guess one of the FIFA games. Yeah. It's pretty cool, though. I was just reading about that earlier this week. Well, thank you for that little rant. Oh, anytime. Information. Come on, I'm esports, dude. It's my life. <laughs> um, let's see. Oh, and finally, Twitch announces TwitchCon. <laughs> Blake, uh, are you going to be giving a presentation? Do you have a booth? <laughs> <laughs> Can I come to your booth? Jay, um, Blake's doing. Blake's doing the keynote. <laughs> oh Blake! Oh. Let's be walking around like uh, like Steve Jobs on stage, like with a microphone strapped to his head. I'll have my uh, pontificating my belt. jacket with my leather patches, my leather elbows. <laughs> Dude, you gotta have Velcro on the back of them so you can switch it out in case you get bigger sponsors, though. <laughs> God. Uh, yeah. So TwitchCon, that's cool. What do you know? That, that's about? cool. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Blake, that's cool. <laughs> what do you yeah. what What 
do y'all what do you know about this, Blake? I don't know much about it. I've just kind of read that it's happening. Nobody really knows much about it, which is the most upsetting okay. thing. We know that it's happening. We know the dates, and that's about it. Let, let, let's the, assume here it's so that people can meet their favorite streamer. For the most part, yeah, it's also going to be a meetup. Like, there's a lot of people that don't even stream or that are very, very small streamers. They stream for fun that will go there and just to go hang out and with a other a bunch of other like-minded kind of people that like Twitch, that like the overall Twitch community, uh, the communities the that Twitch they're a part community. of. Love that. Well, it's true. Trust me, if you've been to like the PAX and gone to the Twitch booth, uh, friggin' cat, sorry. Um, it's a interesting idea. I'm a little worried about how successful it will or won't be. I'm like, curious what else they're going to have at the venue. Like BlizzCon, yeah, <laughs> BlizzCon has kind of acted as as the, that purpose as of right now. Like a lot of people go to BlizzCon to meet up, to meet people, and and all et cetera, et cetera. But there's also an esports tournament, and it's Blizzard, so that you can try out their new games, et cetera, et cetera. So I feel like if if that's all they're going to do there is talk about Twitch and talk about streamers, and there's probably going to be a tournament, it's still going to be fucking. <coughs> so hopefully, they come up with some better stuff. There will definitely be more there. Uh, like at the Twitch booth at the last couple packs,es they the had. Good. Oh yeah, the parties are great. The uh, the Twitch booth will usually have like community events. They'll have uh, some of like the more popular e stuff, uh, esports stuff. They'll have some of the fighting game players sure. up there hanging out. They'll have uh, some big name streamers around there showing off a new game that's coming out, talking with developers and stuff like that. So I guess that's some of what's going to happen, but it's like you can't have a whole convention. That's what I'm feeling, and that. It, it's like to me, it sounds like BlizzCon one. Like that's what it's yeah. sounding like. Like they're just going to kind of wing it, but that's not the Twitch style. Twitch usually does things and goes balls to the walls. So hopefully they keep that mentality and, and do something really cool that just amazes everybody. But yeah, yeah. I mean, I, hopefully it could be cool. I don't. It yeah. sounds like they don't even really know quite yet. <laughs> exactly what it's going to be like. Which is sad, because they don't have that much time to plan. They're, yeah, yeah, they don't. Say, it's September 25th and 26th. Yep. I am more than likely going, so regardless of what I say, I'm more than likely going, but it's still oh, really? interesting. Yeah, absolutely. I'm kind well, of torn between that and PAX Prime, and considering the major reason I want to go to PAX Prime is to meet a lot of the people I know through Twitch, <laughs> I'm leaning more towards TwitchCon, because that's probably where most of them will go as well. You think so? I think so, yeah. Um, there is a Twitter account at TwitchConSF, and it looks like that's, that's like for uh, they have tweeted two things, or no, twelve, twelve things. So there you go. Uh, where is it located again? It's on the East Coast, right? Or no? San Francisco? Oh, it's, San it's actually in San Francisco. Uh huh. The convention? Mm-hmm. What? They're crazy. I'm oh, fairly certain. Can, it is same. How can anybody afford that? <laughs> well, Twitch has a lot of money right now, I think. Oh, oh yeah. How, I wasn't talking about Twitch. I'm talking about people going. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Imagine flying and staying in San Francisco over a couple days. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah, maybe I'm not going, boys. I was. I think I just lied. We're gonna have to go back in the podcast and correct. You me. can like drive to San Francisco, can't you? Oh yeah, it's only uh, 16 hours, I think. It's not That's bad. Oh right? really? Yeah, from I mean from NorCal to SoCal, it's eight, it's eight hours. 
eight to ten hours, and then from here to LA, it's like five or six hours, so fourteen, fifteen hours, something like that. It's a what long games? drive. At least I did it one time. It's terrible. What games? Uh oh, you have driven it. Yeah, one of my friends lives uh, about an hour out from SF. What was the most exciting thing about the car ride? Uh, getting stuck in traffic at two in the morning, uh, for two hours in construction and traffic not only, it didn't move. Like it wasn't like traffic was going slow. We were not moving whatsoever. And then after two hours, they just lifted these barriers and let everybody through. <laughs> it was the weirdest thing ever. And when I told my friend, I was like, I fucking hate Cal. Yeah, I told my friend, I was like, I fucking hate California. I'm never going back to California again. He goes, oh, yeah, that was your own fault. You should have used this app that tells you where they're, where they're doing construction. Yeah, because I know all about that. I'm from fucking Arizona. Like, we don't do tra- we do not do construction at 2 o'clock in the morning. Like, I know California has to because they have 30-something million people, but it's just ridiculous. Yeah, it's a slightly different situation, but <laughs> Yeah, we have like 6 million people. Oh, yeah, there. you should have this app that you've never heard of. Oh, yeah, yeah I totally like, should, oh, yeah. right? Yeah, I should have should have Googled that one. You just made me not said, like, to go to TwitchCon. Well, my phone, my phone was like, hey, you want to avoid this route because there's an accident. Okay, so I went the other way, and it was like, oh, just getting traffic because of... Yeah. Like, oh, okay, I got trolled by an app, or by my... <laughs> yep, wonderful California. Well, there you go. I, I'm, it'll be interesting to see what happens with that. I hope it turns out to be a cool thing. I hope it's not in San Francisco. That's really weird to me. That, no, it's, that, it is in, it's in San Francisco. Oh, that's brutal. All right, well... <laughs> I might go. We'll see. Oh. Okay. We'll see about that. Oh, oh, there is one more thing, actually. I'm sorry. Uh, there is a new... I th- I believe the Kickstarter launched today for it. Um, there's a Kickstarter for a new uh, Tojam and Earl game. Oh, yeah. Didn't we talk about oh, this last yeah. week? Or last time? No. Or I, talk, I must nope. have talked about wait. somebody else. Okay, never mind. Sorry. Yeah. Don't worry, so. Anyway, um, I don't really know how I feel about it. Let me see if I can pull it up real fast. Uh... Have it, did either of you guys ever play any of the Toji Mineral games? I did not. I played a, I, I played a little bit. I watched my brother play a lot more, though. Which one? The first one? I, I think we talked about this before, because I swear I said they were for Sega Genesis, and you said no, they weren't. I no, they were... No, 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 no. That was not me. They were for Sega Genesis. Oh, they were for Sega Genesis. Okay. So whichever yeah. one was for the, the first one for Sega Genesis. So I remember it was like the newest thing at the time. Um, anyway, it looks like, <laughs> it doesn't look like they're gonna have much trouble reaching their goal. It just started, 29 days to go, uh, they've, they, their goal is 400,000, and they've made 70,000 so far. So, obviously there's gonna, there, there's a big bump at the beginning, cause they kinda got the word out and all, but I don't, it, I can't imagine them getting nearly a quarter of it on the very first day, and then not eventually and then not finishing, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, you, you know, you know what's funny is remember last time we, we would kind of talked about uh, Kickstarters and like how a lot of people are like talking about this year is the year where we don't pay for games before they're made. Like, not, yeah. obviously, Kickstarters are, are are a different thing, but um, there's uh, people are talking about it. And then there was a game that came out on Switch, Twitter, on Steam that a lot of people I think it's H one Z one. Like, is that what's called? Yeah, yeah, I've heard yeah. of that. Game. I know that. So. One. As of right now, correct me if I'm wrong, Blake, you, it'll be free once it comes out, but right now you can pay to get into early access, correct? Something like that, yeah. And then yeah. if you pay right now, you also get some early backer awards or something, I think I heard. Yeah, and apparently... I don't have a lot of interest in the game. amount of money so. was, was my point of that. It's just funny to me. Yeah. Like, people are like, we're against this concept. 
But H1Z1 can, can do it. <laughs> but this one is special. Yeah. H1Z1's well. cool and I really like watching it, but I will not pay for it if it's going to be free and. Yeah. You know, yeah. Six months <laughs> what, what kind of game is it? I have heard of it, but I don't know anything about it. It's survival. Yeah, it's like Daisy. Oh, exactly. uh, oh, okay. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, I don't know if I really am interested in playing another Tojima and Earl game. This is really, <clears throat> it was really fun back in the day, but I don't really see myself enjoying that now. But looks like it looks like there are plenty of people who are interested enough to pitch in some money to bring it back. So people always seem to have I money. Hope, I hope they do well with it. That'd be cool. Uh, the uh, did they the art style looks. Before? It's like PC then or. That's a good question. Okay. I'm not sure. I imagine it's for PC, but maybe. Uh, not. Well, the, they had one that was uh, on Xbox 360 that didn't. I don't think it did very well. Um, that's a good question. I don't know. I. I they said it's not going to be console about? exclusive, so it should be on uh, Xbox and PlayStation. But I don't know about okay. PC. Interesting. Okay. Anyway, well. pitch in some money if you want to. Don't if you don't want to. That's what it comes down to. You're so nice, Robert. I love you. And that's 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 why everybody loves me. That's all. That's that's all I got for news. Oh, uh, Rob. Y'all got anything interesting? No, that's pretty all. Newsworthy. Well, uh, I mean, we news. could talk about uh, nothing breaking, but we could talk about Resident Evil Re- Revelations Two on PC about. Uh, what's what is it? Tell me about it. I've heard nothing but terrible things. It apparently doesn't even have local co-op. Okay, wait, hold on. What is it? What what is this first off? It's a remake of Resident Evil 2 for PC, pretty much. It's an HD Resident Evil 2, I guess. Okay. Okay. So like a remaster, sort of. Yeah. Okay. Came out a couple days ago, and it's just awful. Really nice. Yeah. It like it, it doesn't function very well. It doesn't have a lot of the features that they were talking about. It just is crappy. I was hoping that you guys had heard a little bit more about it. I haven't heard. No, I I haven't seen anything on Reddit, too. If it was that bad, I thought I would have seen something on Reddit. Yeah, I've heard nothing but negative things about it. Which is funny, because the uh, other Resident Evil PC release, uh, I heard really good things about. So it's weird that uh, Resident Evil 2 is... uh, uh, getting so lambasted, and I okay, I guess it's it's not just Resident Evil Two; it's like its own game. Okay, I, I like I said, I haven't been keeping up with it too much, so I was hoping that you guys had maybe heard more. Nope, yeah, I heard anything about, about it. it. Sorry, yeah, all right. Well, well um, it, whatever uh, it is, it I, sucks. I, I guess oh. it's its own like little series. It's not a okay. remaster or anything, and it's apparently okay. very, very not good. Really? Uh, it, out of 793 reviews on Steam right now, it's mixed. So never mind. I guess since it's not a remake, it doesn't matter that much. Okay. So, hey, thanks Capcom for making more shitty products. Oh my gosh, Capcom, what are you going to do? What are you guys going to – what's your plan, Capcom? To continue sucking and milking its customers for cash. Okay, that sounds all right. <laughs> so hey, video games. Yeah, what you guys been playing? Woo! Who wants to uh, who wants to start off with the video Blake? Game? One of you guys start off with. I'll Robert. go first. I'll go first because I my game is somewhat high profile right now, although not so much the past couple weeks because uh, this episode is super duper late. 
But I just finished uh, Grim Fandango. So, oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. So uh, Grim Fandango is a uh, LucasArts point-and-click adventure game. Um, technically not actually point-and-click because it was uh, keyboard-controlled when it came out. And uh, it's it's got a very good reputation for basically being... I, I've heard plenty of people say that it was the best adventure game that LucasArts ever made. I somehow never got around to playing this when I was younger. So was I was like super a excited. Of the game or was yeah, it yeah, it was okay. it, okay, it was like an H it was an HD remaster. Um, basically, all all that they really changed were like the character models. They they sharpened them up quite a bit, or or a lot. Um, I believe all the backgrounds and everything were the same. Uh, and you could actually like control the game with the mouse instead of having to use uh, like the tank. It, it was tank controls on top of being uh, keyboard controls. So. It was kind of a nice addition to be able to use the mouse. Um, and I think that's all they did. Um, I think that that's all they actually did to the game. Give it mouse controls and, and better uh, character models. Um, this is a long-ass motherfucking game. Like, for really? a, for an adventure... Yeah, I, I mean, it's not, not, not in, like, compared to, like, RPGs and stuff like that. But for but, that type of game. Yeah, like, this type of game, like, it kept going. Like, when I thought I was, like, halfway through the game, I was probably a quarter of the way through a game. Through the game. At one point, I thought I had beaten the game, and I still had, like, probably four or five hours left. Um, it's, uh, so, okay, so, so, the game is, you are a, sort of like the Grim Reaper. There is uh, you, you're in you're in the afterlife, and you're in sort of like not all the way you're not limbo, but it's like a a world between the 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 living and the dead. Of course, you you all are dead though, and uh you you're you're a grim reaper, but there's lots of different ones of you, and you're basically like a salesman. And when whenever somebody dies, you got to go try to find or you got to go like get them, and you're their uh, travel agent is what they say, and you try to sell them uh, one it. of... <laughs> you try to sell I see them what one, going. Uh-huh, there you go. <laughs> one of three different means of making it to the afterlife from where they are now, which is kind of like in between life life and death. And, like, based on... It's, it's not really clear, like, based on... Whether it's based on how rich they were or how good they were, it kind of... Most of it is kind of goes by it's like how good you were during your life you can get this faster method of travel but every once in a while it kind of seems like they're basing it a little bit more on money so that was a little bit confusing to me uh maybe somebody can write in and set me straight on that but it's like if 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 you can if if they can buy uh i think there's like a a, a cruise that'll take uh it just takes them like four years or something like that to to get to the afterlife uh, there's one other thing that I don't really remember, and then there's a train for, like, the super good people, it's like a super train, and it takes them four minutes to get there. And your job as a salesman is to, like, sell them the best thing that you can. Uh, the, that's, the, that's where the, the sort of mythology behind it sort of breaks down, because it's not clear what your company is getting in return for you selling them these things. It's all, it's all a little bit confusing as far as the setup goes. Um, 
And so what's go so what's happening is your your guy basically sucks at at finding good clients. And uh there's another guy that you work with and he like seems to get all the good leads and he gets all the good clients and everything. And that kind of leads you into investigating like why he always gets the good clients and it leads to this big deal that kind of eventually turns into sort of like a film noir type setup where there's this lady who comes to you and she has died and she was like basically perfect but she for some reason doesn't get a ticket on the super awesome train and she ends up having to walk through to the afterlife which is kind of known for being very very treacherous and some people kind of like give up because they don't even like they they basically lose faith that the afterlife even exists because it takes them so long and and your and your guy has kind of taken it upon himself you get you get mixed in with this kind of revolutionary group and he's trying to go find this girl to kind of save her and and get her the ticket on the train that 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 rightfully belongs to her uh it's all it's all taken with like the classic uh lucas arts kind of humorous slant so it's all none of this is very serious at all it's all kind of like funny and jokey um the story as you can probably tell is kind of just like thrown together more or less it feels like just to kind of the, the whole background of the story and the setup is more or less to get to the point of it's where you where, where you're trying to like find this girl and 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 help her out uh uh the the puzzles were i feel like pretty much on par with a lot of uh adventure games for this time some of them are pretty tough some of them not so much i never really well I, i'm sorry I, I did get stuck a lot of times but i was never stuck on anything for so long that like i just felt like giving up there were plenty of tough puzzles but i always kind of felt like i i could keep trying enough things to where i i, I was getting closer and closer to, to figuring stuff out there were a few kind of weird puzzles where like i the only reason i couldn't figure them out was because like I never noticed this one thing that I could click on and interact with, like an object that I could pick up or use or something like that. So it, it does have a few faults in that regard, but uh, but that only happened like two or three times that I can think of. Um, uh, a couple things that this game, where I, where I feel like this game kind of fell behind uh, a lot of like the adventure games that I really liked were. The dialogue options, uh, especially when compared to games like Monkey Island, were not really as fun as they were known for being in a lot of LucasArts games. Like, typically when you get into a conversation with someone in this game, you basically just kind of like exhaust, it's more, it's sort of like an RPG where you just kind of exhaust all of your dialogue options just to get all of the information that you can, and then you can't really talk to that person very much anymore. Whereas in, uh, in in games like Monkey Island, whenever you talk to somebody, you have a few dialogue options, and you can never you're you're not really in a situation a lot of the time where you're going to be able to go back and choose one of the other options to say after a few minutes. It's like, oh, here are a few funny things. Which funny thing do you want to say in response to what this person just said to you? So it loses a little bit of humor. Uh, that's 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 known for the LucasArts games in that regard. Um, but it still maintains a pretty good level of humor overall, and in fact. One of the characters on this game is a demon named Glottis. And he was, uh, he's, uh, he was an elemental. And they basically 
transported him from like the real afterlife to this kind of limbo place and gave him the like sole desire in life to like be an engineer and to fix things uh especially cars so he's this gi- he's he's like five times as big as any other character in the game and he loves working on cars and he loves driving cars and he's probably one of the funniest fucking characters I've ever seen in a video game like he's just always playing around and like his voice is hilarious and he's like he's like a little kid but he's got like a sort of like a, a voice like a Barney from the Simpsons and like you, you get this car at one point and he and he's the one who drives it. And, well, there are a couple points, actually, where you have this car. But there are a few points in the game where he sits and waits in the car while you go off and are, like, trying to figure out, like, how to advance to, you know, this or that area in the game. And, like, whenever you walk by him, he's sitting in the car just going, like, <laughs> like, you know, just kind of, like, playing around and pretending and stuff. Like, he is... One of my favorite characters that I've ever seen in, in a video games because he's just every time like he was doing something like I was pretty much laughing because he's just so fucking funny. Um, aside from that, I guess I don't really have a whole lot more to say. I I I was not I'll say I wasn't as impressed with the game as I was led to be. Um, I didn't really find the story all that great. Um, the puzzles were. About average, I'd say, for a uh, for an adventure game of this type. Uh, the characters were pretty cool. Your characters are right. Gladys was amazing. Um, the rest of them were just kind of okay. Like the the whole story with you and this girl that you're trying to save, it, it, I felt like it was a little bit forced. Like I never really understood why my guy was so infatuated with this girl that he was gonna like go through go to like through whatever extent to uh to help like to help her get to the afterlife. Um, but it was, but it was a good game. It just wasn't amazing like I was kind of, like, like I've heard everybody else say. But I'm sure that's partly because it's 2015 right now. This came, came out in what, like 90? Well, I mean, what do you think was the big draw of it then? Why do you think it has this huge fan base that says it's the best of the LucasArts series? That's a really good question. I don't really know. Um, part of it is probably, because it was even even though it does have a lot of similarities, like in, in general, the humor is kind of the same as all those. It's it's a good it's significantly different from those other games. Uh, okay, that, that's what I was wondering. Just how different is it? Yeah, it's different. Uh, so graphically, it's very different because I think this was the first one that was actually like 3D character models, um, which I actually like less than the other games of that time period. But okay. I think that kind of mixed in with the whole setting of the game where you're this, uh, like, skeleton wearing a suit, walking around and talking to people in a world where everybody else is skeletons. They're all either skeletons or demons. Um, but it's also kind of like a... It's like the whole world that you're in is sort of basically set up like like Earth. Like, for instance, you, at one point of the game, like, buy a restaurant and you own a casino in this one part of, like, the sort of afterlife place that you're in. And obviously, like I said, there's cars and that kind of stuff, so it's sort of a mixture of afterlife and real life and your skeletons walking around. So it's all kind of interesting imagery. Um, and, the, the like I said, the puzzles are about average for an adventure game. So the the 
I, if I had to guess, I would say that it's that. It was probably very novel. Seen, it was probably seen as very novel for its time, more so than it was like, oh, this is such an amazing story. Because honestly, the story is not that strong. Uh, I, that, that's that's my best guess, kind of coming at it from a standpoint of someone who had not played it back then. It definitely seems like it's a different kind of. It, it it sounds like it has a different vibe to it compared to something like uh, Monkey Island, where Monkey Island is pretty much 100% lighthearted, even when it's being serious. And yeah. this seems, um, Grim Fandango seems like it might be what with all the death talk and everything. It seems like it might be a bit heavier and a bit more intriguing. I I, I, I think that's safe to say. Yeah, I think that's a good point. That's a really good point uh, with Monkey Island, like you said. Uh, even when it's serious, it's 100% lighthearted. This game is actually serious sometimes. Um, the whole, the overall feeling is funny and humorous, but I actually, I guess I wouldn't necessarily call it lighthearted because they they feel like, I feel like everything is taken pretty seriously in the game. There's just lots of humorous stuff that happens in between it all. Yeah, it seems like it's more <clears throat> focused on like the core story of the game. Monkey Island doesn't feel like that at all. Monkey yeah. Island, from when I played it, it felt like uh, each situation was was like its own event, uh, where something crazy is going on, something weird, something funny. Mm-hmm. And I don't uh, just from the way that you've talked about it and the way uh, I've watched people play it a bit for uh, Grim Fandango. It doesn't seem like it's quite the same. It seems like uh, there's a stronger, overarching kind of story to the whole thing. I think I think you're right. I think that's I think you're right on with that. Um, there was one place. Another thing. One one thing I forgot to notice or to mention. Um, in like the th- <laughs> the third area, the third like main. There there are basically I guess four main chapters in the game. The third place you get to, which is probably where I spent most of my time, or I, I pretty much it's where I spent most of my time playing it, um, kind of fell into this trap of... So in, in adventure games in general, and this was especially true for me with, well, really, really all of the adventure games that I've played, when you progress and you get to a new point in the game, part of the fun is just walking around and seeing like the scenery and what all the areas look like, and who all the characters are, and what kind of, like, stuff they're going to do and say, and, and just, like, seeing what happens, like, visually and, and, and otherwise. Um, in this part of the game, in, like, the third chapter of Grim Fandango, it was like they took that to the maximum extreme so far that, like, it was tedious to go through everything for me. It took me probably an hour just to visit every part of this area in the game to see like who was where what is going on in this place and that place there are so many different rooms and locations and buildings and areas and shit like it takes forever just to go and like get your bearings and find out like what all is going on before you even start trying to solve puzzles and then, like, once you have kind of walked through everywhere and talked to everybody to, to see what's going on and what you what there is that you even have to figure out in the first place, it's very, very difficult to remember how to get back to any given place. 
just because it's all massive and it's not really like nothing's really logically connected where you say, oh yeah, I remember if I just go this way, I go to you know the guy's office. It's like lots of different pathways shooting off in different directions. Um, I got a little bit, I wouldn't say frustrated, but that part lost me a little bit. I was a little bit bored playing it at first because I just felt like I was like walking around forever. Like I said, just just trying to get my bearings before I could even start thinking about actually progressing in the game. So that part kind of kind of lost me a little bit. But like I said, overall, uh, I thought it was a uh, it was a good game. It just wasn't it just for me it wasn't nearly as good as everybody had made it out to be. Um, I'll also say that there were but my game crashed quite a bit. So this is wow. In an, uh, yeah, it's an HD remaster, and I K I had this problem uh, on my computer where basically one out of every ten times that I pulled something out of my inventory, the game would crash. It would do this thing where what? Yeah, yeah, no, no literally, no, 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 no. I'm not exaggerating. Like I, every every time I had to go into my inventory, I would save my game first because I was That's like, all right, there's ridiculous. a good chance it's gonna crash. It was kind of shitty. Um, it wasn't that tough to deal with because I mean, it's pretty easy to alt tab and close it and start it back, and it launches pretty quickly. But it was kind of annoying, and, and also in point and click adventure games, it's not that detrimental because once you've like figured out a puzzle or something it's not hard to go back and just like do that puzzle again whereas like with a platformer obviously it's a matter of like beating a whole level or something it's a, it's more of a matter of skill <laughs> detrimental i didn't say detrimental you did <laughs> all right anyway anyway so yeah i mean that was that was annoying Definitely, but it it wasn't in, in any way detrimental. Detrimental. <laughs> hey, listeners, be sure to write us in and uh, let us know if he said detrimental, <laughs> and you know, give us some other thoughts too. Whatever. So, uh, I I, ha- I did read about other people having the same problem. Um, I they I, they did come out with a patch. I don't know if it was for that or not. I didn't actually install the patch. I just kind of kept going with it. Uh, but yeah, that was definitely a little bit annoying, and it, and it literally was about 10% of the time that I would pull something out of my inventory. That's crazy. I can't believe that. Yeah, it was. It, I was pretty surprised by it as well. Um, that's that's Grim Fandango for you. I've played it now. I'm happy that I've played it. I'm glad. I think the only LucasArts games, or the only LucasArts adventure games now that I have not played are Maniac Mansion and Zack McCracken. Those are my last, those are my last two. So those are the next two you're going to talk about on the podcast? <laughs> the next two I'm going to talk yeah, on the podcast. Spoilers. <laughs> That's funny. Sorry, I didn't mean to ruin it for the uh, future listeners. <laughs> or lack thereof now. So I, I, there's my 45 minute section of the podcast. That wasn't so, bad. Yeah, I was wondering when it was going to wrap up finally. That wasn't that's, that's, bad. That wasn't Metal Gear. That wasn't Kingdom Hearts bad. It wasn't Kingdom Hearts bad. Kingdom Hearts was like 50 minutes though. That the, yeah. nothing will be that bad. <laughs> I love you. Was this? This was like 30. Yeah. 35. I can't. I can't help myself <laughs> sometimes. I'm just kidding you, Robert. I'm kidding you? I'm kidding. I can't help myself. I still love you just not as much. You're oh, yeah. detrimental to the podcast. Detrimental. Detrimental. Yeah. <laughs>
<laughs> All right, why don't you all talk about a game? Jay, what did you play? Uh, this week I played... Let's talk about more point-and-click adventures, shall we? Uh, I played oh, a game... Oh! Which one did I play, Robert? It was, oh. it was an older one. It was. It's a highly... I want to I I say people... Because I, I basically... One of my... Actually, two of my friends recommended the game to me. And I wanted to play a couple point-and-click adventures before I played the one that you gave me. Just just to kind of get into the mood. I did, the, one, the game that I gave you is not a point-and-click adventure game. Oh, I thought the one you, the one of the two games you gave me was a point-and-click adventure. Uh, I only I don't remember giving you two games. You gave me a whole the bunch of I, games a couple months. The one I get, yeah, well, those were all for the bet. The one I gave you for the Christmas thing mm-hmm. was not a point-and-click adventure game. I don't remember any of the other games that I gave okay. you. Okay. We'll talk about the other. Well, anyways, so moving forward. Does it have um, the word Does it have the word quest in the title? It has the word shadow in the title. Shadow? Has the word Door. gate in the title. You uh, put them together. Gate. Gate Shadow. Oh, you're so close. So I played Shadowgate. <laughs> oh, that one I know. Oh, actually, it was very, it's very popular because uh, basically two of my friends recommended it to me because um, I told them about our podcast and I said they said that I had to play it for them. So now uh, this is uh, this is on Nintendo, right? This was it was on, on NES and PC as well. And you, PC, okay. Yeah. yeah, I believe it was actually for a different system as well, if I'm not mistaken. But those are the Did two that buy- I saw. What? Did you buy the new version? No, did I, did, play? I played the NES version. Okay. Why? It just came, they just came up with like a new version of it. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah. Well, anyways, um, so it came out in uh, 1987. Um, yeah, the new version came out in 2014. Thank you, Robert. I didn't play the new version. I played the one that came out in 1987. <laughs> Fucking jacket. <laughs> Den- it's detrimental to our to our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so uh, I, I this podcast is gonna sell like hotcakes. <laughs> <laughs> only if you're drunk, Blake. Only if you're drunk. Uh, so basically, I I don't play a whole lot of point and click adventures, but uh, as soon as I started playing this one, I actually recognized it because I did play it when I was younger. But um, I never got very far in it, and as well, most of the time that I quote-unquote played it, I was in a group setting, so I never got the full effect of it. And I just remember there were a couple parts that were, I want to say scary or, or kind of freaky, because especially with the, the music that was with it at the time. Um, obviously, now it, it was nothing because it's you know still images for the most part, and they just have a lot of text, and the text is you know whatever. But um, pretty much how, how it starts is you are moving into a castle and then it's a point and click adventure. So there's a lot of puzzles and, um, what's, what's really funny about this, I don't know if this is how a lot of them are, Robert, but you can, there's one right way to go and there are 99 other ways you can go that kill you. <laughs> All right. And um, that's see, Shadowgate kind of represents w- w- the section of point and clicks that turned me away from that genre when I was younger. Hmm. Where, like, you can just game over. Boom. That's it. Yep. You're done. It was over, over and over. And the torches, too. Because uh-huh. you basically have a torch, and there's a little icon for it. And once the torch goes out, if you let your torch go out, because you, uh, you have a finite number of them, if you let it run out, then you just die. Because it goes dark, and you like... It's funny. I love the text. Because it's like, oh, your torch fizzles, and you trip on a rock, and you fall on your face and die. Or it's just like, <laughs> uh-huh. the torch goes out, and you hear an eerie noise, and you oh, die. It's like... Pretty much if you touch an object without thinking about it or like, okay, prime example. So I walk in this room and there are three mirrors, right? All right. So I'm like, I'll open the left mirror. Open the left mirror. Up, oh, shards of glass come from the mirror and kill me. All right. So I go back. I open the right mirror. Oh, there's a fucking black hole and there's space and it sucks you out and you die. 
All right, well, I'm two for two. Let's go for number three. I open number three, and there's a door. I'm like, all right, cool. So I open the door. Oh, my torch ran out, and I died. I'm like, all right, well, uh, so that that fucking sucks. So I'm like, okay. So I, I go in that room. There's not much in there. Then I'm like, okay, I'll go down. There's a stepladder. Oh, the stepladder breaks. You fall to your death. I'm like, cool. I'm making progress. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's. I hate like, games like that. See, I hate the games. Like, that's one of the two things that I really hate about some of the old point and clicks, where it's like, oh, you've died a million times yeah. because you walked into a you room. You just have to memorize the right path. It's, it's and you much. walked into spikes because your character is an idiot. Yep. The other thing I really hate, I mean, we've talked about it before on the podcast, is the point and clicks where you get to a point where you can't win. You can't. Oh, yeah, that's, totally, oh, that's, that's the worst. That's I had to start over recently because I ran out of torches and I couldn't find anymore. Yeah, exactly. Oh, like man. in that in Shadowgate, like you can save your progress, but you can also save yourself into a corner yep. where you can't progress anymore, where you yep. can't win. I've run into that twice already. So, yep. yeah, I, I mean the the text is kind of funny sometimes. Like there's some random shit that I've died to. Like I opened a tomb and like slime came out of it. And I'm like, oh cool. So I walk by the slime. Oh, you slip on the slime and fall and die. And I'm like, <laughs> like, are you serious? <laughs> is my character made of glass i'm pretty sure that's the main character in a nutshell yeah but uh it, it's 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 a point click adventure I, I probably spent about two or two and a half hours on it and i've gotten decently far i'm, I'm stuck at one part right now and i'm kind of backtracking a little bit but the problem is like backtracking is so bad because like you said like, like i said you only have a finite number of torches so every time you enter a room every time you make a, an action you burn some of your torch so eventually you will run out and it's like Okay, like I'm, I know I'm gonna have to start over from the beginning again and again and again until I figure it out. So, besides, yeah, text, uh, sorry, go on. No, I was gonna say, uh, the text itself is kind of interesting. There's some funny elements to it. It's kind of cartoony. Like they know it's ridiculous that you die sometimes, and they kind of put funnier things in it to lighten it up a little bit, I guess. Um, the music's slightly interesting. Like what, like, kind, of, like what kind of funny things? Um, I can't think of anything off the top of my head. I'm trying to. Let's see if I can die real quick. Hold on one sec. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> it shouldn't be too hard. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I'm trying to think if there's there something off the top of my head, but I just remember there's a couple times when I died, it, it, and I I get the feeling they they know it's ridiculous. Like, the glass shards one, it was just like, what? Like, like I hit a mirror with a hammer, and then it's like the glass shards like fly off the, the edges and you and cut you and you bleed to death. And it, it's just, I just imagine yeah. like a smiley face at the end of it. Like, that's that's what I imagine they wanted to do. <laughs> Like, it's just, it's just ridiculous. But, um, the story is not there, which I think is one of the key elements of point and click adventures for the most part, and it's definitely lacking. Like, they give you a very gener- generic, oh, you have to, you have a quest to go kill this guy and he's evil, et cetera, et cetera. You know, so it so. doesn't sound like a very good game. It's, it's okay. I mean, it's, this is what I remember of point and click adventures when I was a kid. I've never played a quote unquote good, uh, point and click adventure, so. But uh, I know not to take recommendations from certain people. <laughs> yeah, Robert. Yeah, like like Blake. Oh, how did you know it was Blake? <laughs> what did I even do, Blake? Man, whatever. This is an intervention for you. <laughs> All right, well, Blake. <laughs> anyway, Jay, anything else? Is there anything? Any last words? Nope. All right. So, uh, what's up? Hey. How about hey. the mm, conventional sports teams? Fuck those. <laughs> All 
Um, uh, I think I'm back to regular sports now. Esports kind of sucks lately. Because <laughs> you don't play any of the titles that are played. Or, That's true. That are streamed. Like, you don't play League. You don't like her. You don't play Hearthstone that much. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, I've been playing Final Fantasy XII still. What? A lot. Yeah, I know. What? I know. What, what's that sounded the, what so good the way you just said that. <laughs> so I've been continuing my adventure through Final Fantasy XII. We hit a Patreon goal um, for me to play it all the way through, pretty much. I have to go and fight Yasmat. Uh, for those that don't know, Yasmat in the game is one of the... He's the highest health enemy in any Final Fantasy game up until Lightning Returns came out. And even then, Lightning Returns forces you to have like a... I, from what I read, it sounded like you needed a set of conditions met for this enemy to spawn in a certain way for it to have more health than Yasmat has. You have to have an external hard drive to hold all the extra health. <laughs> to hold his load. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I've been playing the crap out of that for a few weeks now. I am. I, so do you I have to beat probably, this guy, or just play? Yes, him? I have to. I have to beat him. Okay. All right. Um, I should be able to finish it by this Friday. This is probably going to be the last time we'll talk about the game on the podcast. So this is going to cover a lot of stuff, uh, ideally. So the last time I played the game, I was only about a. Last time I talked about it on the podcast, I was about an hour into it. Uh, since then, I've gotten all the characters. Obviously, uh, I've completed most of the stuff in the game. Uh, let's start off with the music. The music is a lot better than I ever gave it credit for. Unsurprisingly, considering it's done by Sakamoto, the guy behind the Final Fantasy Tactics music and everything, um, I never gave it much of a chance because I never gave the game itself much of a chance a long time ago. On this playthrough, uh, since I've had to hear the music so much more, I've gotten able to appreciate a lot of it. It's actually a very, very strong soundtrack, I think. Uh, there are a few tracks that have stood out to me so far. It probably hasn't beaten out any of my favorite Final Fantasy soundtracks. There's no way it's going to ever top Final Fantasy Tactics, uh, because for me personally, that's a bit giant ball of nostalgia for me. But it is a very, very well-done soundtrack. Um, the story. Let's, let's get this out of the way right now. <laughs> Cut to the meat and bones. Oh my god, the story of this fucking game. <laughs> it has so much potential that never gets realized. It The game spends about 40 hours floundering around, and it it just doesn't do anything. It's not until 40 hours in, you climb to the top of this tower, and then, like, I don't want to get into too many of the spoilers or... But some real shit starts to happen finally. Up until this point, it's a lot of go do this thing because it's important because of this particular MacGuffin item that you're supposed to have that we're talking about. <laughs> that gets really old really fucking fast because that. the game doesn't like give you much of an opportunity to actually understand these MacGuffins. It's just, it throws like three different types of this item at you. It's like, here's this Nethocyte, here's Magicite, here's Espersite, here's Babasite, here's all this other bullshit that you don't really understand that (laughs) the only explanation we're giving you is, this is Nethocyte, it does a thing. Oh, look at that, the Nethocyte did a thing. Like, this, that's it. It never, 
there's no weight to a lot of the stuff that happens early on in the game. There's a couple moments where it starts to pick up, but then because the game has some of the worst pacing ever, it loses any weight that it may have had. So a big event will happen. Is there actually something called Bobasite? No. Okay. No, there's not. So something big will happen, and then afterwards, your characters just kind of brush it off after the scene. There's not much to be done about it afterwards. You're back to (laughs) running around the main town, the hub of the game. Uh, You're going and you're picking up some extra side quest monster hunts, and that's it. Then you get lost in doing side quests for like five, maybe ten hours. And by the time you get back to the main story, you don't give a shit about what just happened. You barely remember what just happened. (laughs) It holds nothing to the story anymore. You're just like, oh, yeah, I'm supposed to go take care of this guy. Why am I supposed to do that? I don't fucking know. Don't ask me. And that happens over and over and over and over again. The pacing of the game is really, really bad. And I'm, since I'm playing the international version, I even have a fast forward button so that I can get through a lot of the battles faster, so that I can explore my maps faster and everything. And even with that, doing the, uh, like it, it, it wasn't until the 40 hour mark where some stuff, some cool stuff started to happen. Uh, in a regular playthrough, if you were going to do all the hunts and everything, you're probably going to be at 50, 60 hours at that point before something interesting happens story-wise. That's really, really bad. There's some, there was some really cool possibilities with it, unfortunately, with the main director of the game, like, getting sick halfway through the game's production or something. They lost all sense of what the hell they were doing. Uh, they added Vaughn, they added Pinello, and the characters just bring... The, they do nothing to add to the game but bring it down. What's really funny is it seems like they had like the storyboard of the game all planned out and ready to go. And then the main director gets sick and has to go. <laughs> and they're just like, fuck! What were we going to do again? I don't know, just slapdash some stuff together. We'll fix it later, we'll figure it out, and whatever. <clears throat> and like they just totally winged it after he was gone. They had the bone structure of the main story and stuff, and then they added in Vaughn and Pinello and all this sky – oh, I want to be a sky pirate. Shut the fuck up, Vaughn. God. Because even just watching the cutscenes, it almost – a lot of the time, it feels like this. I don't think this is actually the case, but it feels like they had the cutscene done and made, and then later on in production, they decided to add in Vaughn and Pinello. And then they had to go back and fix all those cutscenes and add those characters into it. There's a lot of the times where the other four characters are talking to each other. And then Vaughn and Pinello have nothing to add or they have they add something completely stupid and irrelevant and unrelated to what the hell's going on. Uh, like there's this one point you visit the bunny character's village. You visit Fran's village. And as you're walking out, the most that Vaughn has to add is... Hey, Fran, by the way, how old are you again? That's it. That is what he adds to the moment. <laughs> this character is worthless trash. The game would be so much better without <laughs> Vaughn and Pinello in it. And, like, playing all the way through it now, like, I, I used to say it for years and years before I played the game. The game is ruined because of Vaughn and Pinello. Now that I actually sit down and play it, I can really appreciate how poorly implemented those two characters are into the overall politics and intrigue and interesting stuff of the rest of the story. 
Um, it, it just falls completely short. Uh, the big changes to the license board in the international version make the game, the gameplay itself playable. Between that and the fast forward button, the game is actually playable. Uh, the license system, I love it because I love class-based stuff. And that's what the license board system is in the international version. In the original, the license board has a lot of problems. For one, it starts off, uh, every character is in their own section of the exact same license board. So at the end of the game, every character becomes the exact same. They can all use the exact same equipment. There's no reason to for one character to be using a specific weapon type because they can use all of the weapon types. And you're only going to be wearing the strongest equipment for every single slot on that character at any given time. It's really stupid and uh, is really poor design. The other reason the original license board is so shitty is because a lot of the time your characters will be like, I really need to uh, – I've got my Guns 2 license right now. And we're about to get up to the point in the game where I'm going to be able to buy new gun stuff, new guns, new equipment, stronger guns. Uh, so I better pick up the Guns 3 license. But instead of being able to pick up the Guns 3 license, in between the Guns 2 and the Guns 3 license, you have to pick up, like, a poles license. So that character can use poles. And you're like, what the f- what's the point of having that there? There's no other way for me get- to get to the next gun license so that I can equip the stronger guns without wasting points on this worthless thing that's not going to do anything for this character. Uh, so the changes to the license board in the international... I'm really happy with uh, all of the characters, all of the different classes that you can pick from. They all have their own cool, different functions in groups. They all use different weapons. They come with different techniques available and different spells and stuff. And I'm I'm in fucking love with that. I love it. It's amazing. Classes are cool, guys. Deal with it. Uh, I have Vaughn as a monk, Balthier as a white mage, Pinello as an archer, Bosch as a hunter, Fran as a breaker, which is like a big, beefy tank kind of a class that swings uh, axes, and what else? Uh, Ash as a samurai. Uh, my main party has been Vaughn as a monk is playing our tank, but the other great thing about him is that he is uh, the monk class in uh, FF12 International is very uh very kind of a jack of all trades. He gets a nice beefy HP pool. Uh because he's using pole weapons, they have a nice evasion boost to him. So he can tank pretty well. And I throw the decoy spell up on him, which lures enemies to attack him all the time. And he just goes around, blocks a bunch of hits, swings his staff at everything, while Ash goes around and cuts everything to pieces with her katana. Um Ash, as the samurai, is mostly a melee DPS character. She wears light armor. She can also wear the Genji gear, which I've picked up now. Uh, she's quite the force to be reckoned with. And then uh, Balthier, as our white mage, is going around pretty much just casting Cure every single time he gets an opportunity. Uh, he buffs up the party a little bit, casts Cure every turn in battle because Vaughn is getting hit really hard. And uh, it's been very effective so far. I've only got a little bit of the game left. I can see some issues with it, but it's been a nice build. The other three characters have pretty much sat in the back, which is unfortunate because I like the idea of a few of the classes. Um, the other annoyance I've been having in the end game is that some of the chest spawns are random. 
So you'll walk into an area. You'll walk into a specific zone of a area. Um, so you'll walk into one map of the larger map. And when you walk in, as soon as you zone in, that's when the game determines a the set of chests that have spawned. And some chests are like a 10% chance of popping up. And those chests have the strongest equipment in the game. And they will only spawn the one time until you open them and get that piece of equipment. So I spent about an hour in one area, in just one section of one area, just one little map, looping around the entire thing, waiting for my fucking chest to pop up with my equipment. Oh, wow. And I had to do that over and over and over and over. Not only does that happen for equipment, it also happens for some of the spells and abilities in the game. Uh, unlike the original Final Fantasy XII in the international version, there are a lot of uh, abilities that you have to find in treasure chests. You don't get them for free. Or you don't, rather, you don't get them without searching. You don't get them in a shop. You have to go out and hope that the treasure chest spawns. And that blows so much. Yep. I, it was, it's just blows. such a waste of time. There's no benefit to it because I know the chest is there. All I'm doing is going to the spot where the chest is supposed to be. And if it's not there, running all the way back out of the area and then coming back into the area and repeating that over and over and over and over and over. I got really tired of that. Um, I guess uh, like overall, now that I have been able to play the game a lot more, people have always complained, and so have I. That the gambits cause the game to play itself. And uh, it is oh, yeah. true. Yeah. It's completely true. The gambit system is one of the game's weaker points. I can understand it. Uh, I can deal with it. But I'm not too happy about it. I like The only reason I've been okay with the gambit system is because what it allows me to do since I've been streaming the game all the time is that I get to sit there and talk with my chat and read my chat and interact with them and not focus on the game at all, which isn't a very good way to be. Uh, also, with the fast-forward function, <laughs> it makes the grinding of the game not as bad because I can just run around very quickly, kill a bunch of stuff, farm up materials, farm up some experience... But even all of that said, I hate it. I do not like the Gambit system. I do not so the like Gambit the Gambit system. Just, just, just to be clear. Just to explain, yeah. yeah. Um, what it is is that you go into your menu and you have – each character has 12 Gambits that you can specify what that character should be doing. Uh, you'll go into the Gambit and you'll be able to select a target and a – uh, uh, to go with the target, you select the target. There are two categories for each gambit. There is the action that you perform and the condition under which you will perform it in. That's a better description for it. The uh, the condition where you perform it in will be stuff like ally HP less than 50%. Uh, and then the action you might want to do there is you'll say, oh, I want to cast Kuraga. You can do that for a lot of a, a huge variety of conditions. You can have it set so that uh, this character, a character will resurrect a specific <clears throat> character using a Phoenix down item. Or if this specific character has MP less than, uh, well, you, okay, you can't specify uh, like uh, amounts of health or MP for specific characters, but like, uh, 
I was talking about the decoy spell earlier that causes characters to attack Vaughn. On uh, Balthier, I have a gambit that says, uh, if ally is Vaughn, cast decoy. And what that will do is it will cast decoy on Vaughn as long as he does not have the buff up. When the buff wears off, he'll recast it on him. Uh, you, since there are 12 gambits for each character, there's also a priority listing of, uh, from top to bottom of which order that character checks to perform the gambit in. So the higher up the gambit list the gambit is, the sooner, the, the more priority it has. So if you have, uh, like, if I were to put Ally Von Decoy at the top of the list, that will be the first thing he always, always checks for. Uh, and then if I have below that, ally HP less than 70% cast cure. What's going to happen there is that if, as long as Vaughn is under the decoy status, Balthier will not recast a decoy. It'll go down to his next option. And if my ally HPs are less than 70%, he'll cast the cure spell. Uh, if my HP drops below, say, 50% all of a sudden, but Vaughn also doesn't have the decoy status up. It's going to prioritize recasting decoy over doing anything else. It sounds and like you're writing a piece of software. It, exactly. That's what everybody compares it to. It's like it's like programming 101. Yeah. You're explaining to your characters how to play themselves, how to run as a program, essentially, uh, yeah. which is a very, very strange. For me, I took like two and a half years – of C++ back in high school. I understand how it all works. It's not that I don't get it. It's that I don't like having so much stuff just happen as I'm running around. It gets really boring very quickly, unfortunately. Uh, luckily, in the international version, they uh, the leveling system itself and everything and the limitations that the class system imposes on your characters makes the gamut system more interesting. I'm still not a fan of it, though. Um, in the original game, what would happen is that everybody would eventually have every single spell available to them, every single item would be super strong for them, etc., etc., and that gets boring. It just does. Because you can have every character cast the exact same spell to resurrect the rest of the team and everything, and it sucks. It's so mundane and boring. In the international version, the Gambit system is alleviated from that problem a little bit. Thanks to, like, Vaughn, for instance, he's a jack-of-all-trades. He's got some cure spells. He's got some buffs. He's got some reses. He can use items pretty well. He can tank it up, so on and so forth. But he can't do everything in the game. Um, our samurai, Ash, she can't do almost anything. She is mostly there to swing at the enemy. So her, like, her gambit list usually is pretty blank, aside from uh, attacking the target. But I also like to add on some, uh, some, having her use some of the items to remove debuffs, like removing stop from the other characters, things like that. Overall, I've been enjoying International way more than I ever thought I would enjoy Final Fantasy XII. If you're going to play Final Fantasy XII, I would have to recommend playing the International version. It fixes, in my opinion, some of the problems with the game. It helps the, it doesn't change the gambit system directly, but because of the class system, it helps the gambit system not be quite as boring and mundane. Uh, the class system I'm a huge fan of just because of the way that it changes the overall game design. Uh, the biggest problem the game, that the game still has is the terrible, terrible, terrible story pacing. 
for anybody that didn't like the original release, I guess I recommend Final Fantasy XII International because it's been it fixed it for me. I haven't been too disappointed with playing through the game. <laughs> you didn't make me want to buy it just then. <laughs> I honestly, I've been enjoying it a lot more than I'm leading on there, which is surprising. But again, I do want to emphasize that for me, I'm streaming it. I have people that I can talk with while I'm running around doing the boring shit a lot of the time as well. Right. So that's that changes things up a bit. Yeah. Uh, I'm, like the thought of going back and trying to play this game isn't a good, isn't like a happy. It's not making me happy thinking about like, the prospect of if I had, would try to do that. Jay, you've played this game, right? Yeah, I don't want to talk about it. <clears throat> okay. Horrible game. Not horrible, it's just not that good. Well, Blake, thank you for uh, stepping into the lion's den for us. The proverbial lion's den, that is. <laughs> playing, I'm playing this game. Yeah. It's not even really a proverbial lion's den. It's just a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, top threes. What? Well, I thought Jay said he wanted to talk about it. No, he said he doesn't want to. Oh, doesn't okay. want to. Okay. Well, yeah. <laughs> For next, I like next time's idea, but this time's idea was not well. Uh, oh, I'm gonna tease. Right. I've already, I've already played the game that I'm gonna play. Talk about next time, and I'm going to just tease it for you right here, okay? Don't don't say it, but just tell me if you know what I'm referring to, because I don't want to spoil it for the for all of our listeners, just the ones who can recognize it. No, 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 no. Oh yeah, I love that game. At least when I play you know it what it is, Blake? I can hear the song. <laughs> all right, well that's cool. We'll go on. Shit. Jay just spoiled it for Blake in our Skype. Oh, my God. All right. All right. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. Top threes. We're doing top three control pads because we had to come we up are? with something at the last second. We are? <laughs> yes, <we're, laughs> okay. Yes, we are. Whatever. Yes, we are. All right. I guess this will be a short list. It'll be a short one uh, do, unless you guys have a better idea of a top three we can do. All right. We're doing this. Uh, all right, great. I actually have kind of jotted down a list for myself, so I have one thrown together. So you want me to start? I, I like how he he just thought like decided <laughs> on this, started making a list, didn't tell us, so we're just kind of like, all right. I thought that was I thought that's what we decided on. I thought if anything, you're gonna do the publisher one, but yeah, whatever. All right, we'll go with this. Well, I'm I'm fine with whatever. What do you guys want to do? I, not, I get. We'll, we'll do this we now. We're pause. going to pause. Number number okay. three, go. My number. All right, so, so this is our top three favorite classic gaming control pads. Um, I I think the way that our cutoff goes, the 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 latest console that we can use is Xbox original. Uh, does that sound about right to you guys? We all yeah. agree on that. Yeah. All right, then my number three is the Xbox. Xbox controller. original. What really? You like the Xbox, Xbox original? I, 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 I didn't. Love it, but I, did, I thought it was pretty good. It was, I mean, it was, it's kind of ridiculous how, like, huge and bulky it is. But, uh, it, like, it overall, I, f I guess, I feel like it hit, it fits my hands pretty well. And I like the, uh, like the off-centered, how it's See, got I the hate that. That's what I hated about it. It fits your hands pretty well? What the hell is wrong with your hands? 
I, I that that actually like turned me off the Xbox entirely because I was so accustomed to the PlayStation. I liked the fact that they were together. I hated uh, see, the, I I hate uh, the PlayStation dual joysticks. Um, but I the dual joysticks on Xbox felt pretty good to me, like being a little bit how they are, like not uh, perfectly symmetrical. For some reason, that worked really well for me. <clears throat> so what are on you guys' lists? Fuck you. <laughs> um. Alright, off the cuff Let's see here I'm going to go with the NES controller uh, The NES controller is actually a steaming pile of shit The reason I'm going with it is because it was the first controller I used It is completely nostalgia I could probably pick that thing up hold now on, Hold on, hold on a second Hold on, you're, you're roboting on my end for a second No, you are Yeah, you are You are You are No, you are Alright, go again Go again oh, Okay I'm gonna go with the uh, the original Nintendo controller. It's Whoa. actually what what what? No, nah, just just go. <laughs> oh my God, <laughs> Robert! <laughs> such a prat. Fucking such a troll. Top three, like prat. <laughs> the reason I am going with it, it's a terrible terrible controller. It is. It has corners. You don't want to have corners on a fucking controller. Yeah, it's terrible. It's it is super uncomfortable to hold that thing. <laughs> the reason I'm going with it, it's 100% pure nostalgia. It was the it's first a- controller I used ever, and I could probably pick it up today and still be okay with it. It's in- indestructible, too. I can tell you from first-hand experience of trying to break <laughs> that goddamn thing. It's made of Nintendo. <laughs> what do you expect, man? Yeah, they make they do make some, some uh, physically robust stuff. Jay, what's your third favorite controller ever? Besides oh anything past Xbox? Uh, all three of my list is going to be play or going to be PC because mouse and keyboard is superior to all. Ah! <laughs> yeah. Well, that doesn't count. Okay, I got nothing, Robert. You literally well, dropped the last good. minute. Yo, what's just just to say? What's a good? What's a good? Just come up with something. Just pull oh. that grass. I'm just standing. All right, PlayStation. All right, yours is PlayStation One. That's fine. We're PlayStation 2. It's pretty much the same. Alright, talk about it. <laughs> Great. I, I, just, I like how the fucking analog sticks are together. I mean, it's true. That's my favorite That's PlayStation controller. 2. That's PlayStation 2. Hey, we're talking about PlayStation 1. The right? PlayStation 1 also had analog controllers, Jackass. Well, if you had the special one, it did. Yeah, I did. And it also had four top buttons as well. <sighs> it was the, the exact same thing as the PlayStation 2 controller without the shock. That was the only thing the PlayStation 2 controller well, was. Well, no, it didn't, like, the, the standard PS1 did not have the joysticks. Yeah, that's correct, but, you know, I was better than you, and <laughs> my dad loved me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. My number two is actually the NES controller. <laughs> oh my God. Why are we having... This is such a waste of time, Robert. This is such a waste of time. I think Blake shot himself or took another drink. <laughs> I actually I'm out over of, here, so I actually kind I kind of like the NES controller. Um, Why? I I mean the corners. I don't like the corners. Uh, obviously, those are very uncomfortable. After after a while, I mean, you really have to. I feel like you have to be playing a game for a long time before it really starts to become an actual like problem. Me. Yeah. You know what actually hurt the but what like, I did not like about the controller was the the um, direction pad hurt my thumb after a while of like holding down a direction like playing in super, uh, playing Final Fantasy One or Zelda. I can see that, but like overall, I actually really like it because I feel like it's the perfect size. It like it 
like I like it like it feels like when I'm holding it in my hands, it feels like the perfect size to hold. And uh, really, because uh, I was actually yeah. just thinking about it, and I was like, the reason the corners probably didn't bother us that much when we were younger is because we had smaller hands, so that we were holding only the sides of it. I had large hands as a child. Uh, I'll be honest with you guys, we, my hands are massive. I was, I've been playing uh, a few Nintendo games recently, like on an actual Nintendo, and uh, I. The corners don't bother me too much unless I play for a long time, and then they do start to bother me. But I, I still feel like it, like really f- feels pretty good. Like it fits my hands really nicely. Like it, it fits my hands pretty much just how I want a controller to fit my hands. Oh, baby. Um, ideally, uh, it doesn't have any like, like just I don't like the PlayStation controllers. How it's got like the weird angle parts that you hold on to, and like I said, the Xbox is kind of weird. I just like a basic flat controller that feels good to me. So, uh, Nintendo, and, and also, like, aside from the obvious lim- limitations, uh, the fact that it only had two buttons, you could hold it, like, just like classic style, you didn't have to worry about, like, a thousand different buttons, and having, like, two fingers on the shoulders, and, like, one on a joystick, and another on a joystick, and then reach it over to hit every but- other buttons now and then, it's nice just to be able to have your thumb right in the middle, and be able to push either hey, button. Although, when I was young, and, and... And, like, when I was, like, little and playing Nintendo, like, when it actually came out, the way I held my controller was, I held it the normal way on the left side, but on the right side, I, like, had my thumb underneath, and my my two fingers on top, and one finger was on each of the buttons. This explains a whole lot of things, Robert. (laughs) This explains... Everything about your gaming like, ability. I like that Robert has these huge in-depth answers, and we're both just like, yeah, this controller <laughs> doesn't <laughs> suck dick. <laughs> Great, yeah, thanks Robert. for springing this top three on us, you jackass. <laughs> you, know, you know, console controllers suck, the Dreamcast one. Remember those fucking little gigapet oh. things you had to slide into the top of them? Yep. No, no, no. You know what the worst console controller ever is? The Xbox One. Re- 3DO. Or original Xbox, rather. 3DO. 3DO. Because to play a multiplayer game, there's, oh, only, yeah, one, add-on. <laughs> there's only one port for a controller on the console. To play a multiplayer game, or... no, you had to plug one controller into the other controller. <laughs> what? Uh, yes. Oh, man. Look it up. I'm not making this up at all. Terrible. And the funny thing is, there were multiple, like, versions, like, there were very, there were, like, multiple manufacturers for the 3DO console, and they all did it the exact same way. Oh my god. Don't fix it if it ain't broke, I guess. <laughs> also, the Atari Jaguar was pretty shitty. That, that controller was. Like, right, top, shitty one. Like, top second like, controller. Are we there yet? Uh, yeah, that was my second one. Was okay, all right. Uh, what my controllers haven't we talked about? <laughs> <laughs> my number two is going to be the original PlayStation 1 controller. Oh, wow. We haven't talked about that yet. Yeah. <laughs> you got a few left. It's fine. We'll get there. Uh, I like the PlayStation 1 controller because it's made to like actually fit into a human hand. Yes, it's a pretty comfortable controller to hold. Uh, it feels oh. natural resting Sorry. in my Sorry. hands. Hold up, hold up. You fucker. Robert. <laughs> my Jesus internet sucks Christ. right now. Go ahead. Start about, start again and talk about. Alright, so my number two controller, even though I've already said all this, thanks Rob, you fuckstick, is you the- You fuckstick! 
is the original PlayStation 1 controller. Oh, my God. I like that it still had the D-pad, that it hadn't moved to analog stuff, because I grew up on the D-pads. Uh, I've never been a huge Good fan adult. of the analog sticks Good. on controllers. Uh, and the the controller also fits really well in, in your hand. It's like it's designed to rest easy in the human hand. So nine, my number two is the PlayStation controller. Wow. Uh, okay, are you are you talking joystick or no joystick? Oh, yeah. Uh, no joystick. The original. The very original. I like that one better than the rest of them on PS, on the, on PlayStation also. So, so my number two, um, it was originally for the Sega Genesis. It's called a handgun. And I'm going to shoot Robert and then shoot myself with it. <laughs> I have no idea what else to say. Sega Genesis had a shitty fucking controller too. I fucking hated that thing. It was so awkward and clunky and big and the buttons were hard to push and they got stuck down a lot. God, the Genesis controller was so bad. All of them. It like, every single weird. one they made. Just every one. Work. Like, and I remember playing a Street Fighter 2 on the Genesis, and my cousin like had the six-button six controller. Yeah. And they were still such a steaming pile of shit. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Oh, you know what's great? Arcade control sticks were great. Like, playing, like, Simpsons Arcade or, like, Gauntlet. That'll be my number two. Those are great. Those are fun. And now you can take Lovely. them into your house. Shut the fuck up, Robert. <laughs> you literally brought this on us five minutes ago. Oh, you couldn't think of anything better in five seconds. <laughs> I was like writing out essays the whole time you guys were talking about your games. I hope you die in a fire. Oh my god. Uh, I love how your list is basically turned into the worst, like your the worst least favorite. We're all talking about the worst. Like there's nothing else to talk about. There were so many <laughs> shitty controllers. Alright, uh, Rob, your number one controller. Alright, Super Nintendo, uh, oh, yeah. probably Obvious. is the obvious number one answer. That's all of it our number fits, one. Version. It fits yes. in your hands really nicely, just like regular NES, but it's nice and rounded so you don't like actually it's rounded. your hands. It's still a little awkward because it's still flat. It's, it, by the way, this is my number one too, so we're just gonna go there right now. Um, it's a little awkward because it is flat, so it doesn't fit completely naturally. It's a little awkward to hold it. Uh, the reason it's my number one over the PlayStation controller is because I grew up on the Super Nintendo controller, and that means that my fingers are only used to having two shoulder buttons, one on each side. Oh, man. I, to this day, like, I, I think that's my biggest problem with fighting games on a controller, is that I'm not used to having two fingers at the top of the controller. I only want to leave one up there, which makes fighting games is specifically uh, very difficult to play on a controller. Those controllers last forever, the Super NES controllers, and I like the NES ones. They are indestructible. You can throw those things as hard as you want at any object, yeah. and they last. Hey, my internet's fucking again. Hold oh, on. my <laughs> God. Why are we All doing right. this, Robert? All right, go now. Go. Now you're, now you're good. You can keep going. You don't have to, you don't have to repeat anything. I'm just, I, I'm I, repeat, I'm that's what I had to say. It, um, <laughs> I actually, I actually kind of like the flatness of the Super Nintendo. Really? I like, I like it being. I mean, flat. I don't know. Maybe holding it, it, I would feel different. Like, uh, just logically, it doesn't seem like it would work that well. But it's been a while too. Yeah, yeah, it has been a long time since I've used a Super Nintendo controller. So I guess we all agree, Super Nintendo controller Super best. Nintendo had the best one by far. Like, there, the, the only thing comparable is the PlayStation controller, which, for the time, I think PlayStation's was expected whereas super nintendo had the best control in the market hands down no questions asked for like oh, yeah, at the time yeah. it wasn't even close nothing yeah. touched it yep i agree 100 <laughs> percent. genesis, genesis Dreamcast. i mean they sold like hotcakes <laughs> we expect oh my god robert uh can we all agree the playstation 3 controller sucks ass i have i don't own I, a new system actually uh i don't even remember what it's like what's it what makes it worse uh 
the um the way that the shoulder buttons are, you can't hold you can't hold your fingers ready on the shoulder buttons without like automatically just pressing them. It's it's really Wait, weird. I, like it's there's not you know on <clears throat> on PlayStation one and two, it's got the two shoulder buttons on each side, and you just right, push right, them right. Uh, on PlayStation three, you can't rest your fingers on the buttons. Because the back shoulder buttons, like, oh, go back tri- extra. Okay. Yeah, they're basically triggers. And if you rest your fingers on them, then they, they end up just pressing the button. Huh. It's really weird. Is is like, that was the first thing I noticed when I played PlayStation, PlayStation 3. I was like, oh, I can't hold this like I held PlayStation 1 and PlayStation 2 controllers. Yeah. Well, and the, the thing is, like, ah, oh, man, I hate those extra shoulder buttons. I understand why I they're, too. They're, they're a nice addition for games that require a lot of buttons. Yeah. As things have gotten more complicated, I can kind of understand it. But at the same time, like I grew up on a Super Nintendo controller. That is what my hand wants to be holding. I don't want to have that extra shoulder button that I have to worry about pressing in the heat of the moment sometimes. Ooh. It's too much what pressure. Yeah. I agree. I don't like having more than just one shoulder button for each finger Yeah. or for each side. Yeah. Uh, One change okay. I did like with the PS2 controller was they made the R2 and L2 buttons bigger so that it was recognizable with your hands quicker. Kind of which nice. one? I guess. I think it was PS2 controller that they did it on. Um, sorry, so good list, everybody. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Whatever. You can still go fuck yourself, though. <laughs> 100%. Alright, what do you want to talk about next time for our top threes? We can do it. At, we can figure it out ahead of time now. Uh, I like the one you came up with earlier. I forget what it was, though. Yeah, we had a Top good three one. Top three classic gaming podcast hosts? No. That was so. terrible. It was before um, that. Yeah, there was the... Uh, not the publisher one. About, one. Not, yeah, not the publisher one. It was a different one that we had. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, uh, best stories. Yeah, I like that. Oh. Oh, I've got another idea. No, it wasn't just best stories. It was more complicated than that, wasn't it? I don't. I don't think so. All Best right. stories in a Final Fantasy setting. <laughs> I thought we all agreed that we already knew what that list was going to look like, too. <laughs> <laughs> um, actually, actually, here's another one that I was thinking about. One idea that I had was most attractive uh, video game characters. What the fuck? No, because I don't male? listen to your, sn- your whole that list was actually Solid what it, Snake. That's literally, that's literally what I was going to say, Jay. Because ultimately that would just turn into like uh, all like girl characters. So we would specifically say most attractive male characters in a video game. I'm okay with this. Maybe, Bear Wallace is my people. number one. I'll let you know ahead of time. <laughs> I don't know who that is. Really? Wow. Okay. Yeah. You Bear suck. Wallace? Barrett Wallace. Barrett Wallace. Oh, the wait, black guy that... from Final Fantasy VII. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sexiest male characters. Done. Or hottest. Or whatever. And Final Fantasy VII. I say, I, I prefer most attractive, because that's... Whatever. Saffron's shirtless, dude. Oh. <laughs> Top three I'm most rock attractive hard, dude. characters. From now on, we should just all pick our own top threes and we do whatever well, we want, whatever we feel like talking about. That would be ridiculous. What's your number three? <laughs> Mine's potato chips. What's yours, Sephiroth? Nice. 
All right. We'll do top attractive male characters. And then from now uh, on, we'll do top three, whatever we want to talk about. Top three types of horses. All right. Now, um, we do actually have an email or two. Hey, they email. Ads? They better right. not be ads. If they're ads, Robert, oh. I'm leaving the call. No, no, no. They're real ones. Okay. Um, Let me put I my wheat thins away. shuffling around with your potato chips or whatever it is that you're eating. They are wheat thins for the 90th time. Uh, okay, Shane Sanderson sent us an email, and I, th- I thought somebody else maybe did too, but I can't find it, so uh, if, if one of the listeners, if you sent us an email and I didn't read it, just because I lost it or something. Way so, to go, so asshole. Suck. Sorry about that, but I can't find it right now. Um, oh, oh, real quick, I'll, I'll say this one before I get into Shane's email. Ben Woodering sent us a tweet, and he said the Tojam and Earl sequel, Panic on Funkatron, was definitely a platformer. I guess we had talked about that at one point. I don't really. Yeah, know. I said it was a platformer, and you said it wasn't. Oh, I well, said it was I was a Star- talking- platformer, and you like told me I was an idiot. Yeah, I probably did. I think. Yeah, but yeah, okay. So this. Yeah, I knew we was- talked about this before because I said it was for Sega and it was a platformer, and you're like, no, no. Well, the no. first game was the first one was the original one was not. It was not a platformer. No, the sequel was. Oh, maybe I played the sequel then. What was the original one? It was like uh, it was like 3D plane. Uh, I mean, it was like all 2D graphics, but you're on like a like up, down, left, right type of 3D view of like little like floating pieces of land that you're walking around on. Yeah, I just remember the side scroller. Okay, so Shane sent us an e- Shane Sanderson sent us an email. This is what it says. I was looking forward to playing the Swickeden games, and Robert just shat on it. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna try it anyways. Also, my bad. It's Unlimited Saga, not Eternal Saga, a Square Enix title. Oh, oh. Christ. Okay. What was he saying about that the first time? Uh, I, uh, let me see. Hold on. Let me. I don't even know if I want to remember. He says, oh, he, he was just asking. Name. He's just saying that he's played some of these RPGs, and he was wondering if y'all had played any of them and if they're any good. Oh, I hated Unlimited Saga because, uh, like, we've talked about it before. I like Saga Frontier. I like the first Saga game. And, uh, so because. And Blake goes bye bye. Because of that, I picked up Unlimited Saga on the PS2. <sighs> Did he lag out for you, Robert? What the fuck? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I just had a huge lag spike. I don't know what that was all about. There you go. Hello? Hello? Yeah. Alright, I should be back. Yeah, you are. All right, that was re- yeah. My ping jumped up to like 4K for a second. Sorry. Yep. Anyway, so Unlimited Saga. I'm a big fan of Saga Frontier One. I thought, yeah, I'll pick up Saga Front or Unlimited Saga because that's the next in the Saga series now that's a uh, coming out. And then I bought it, and I wanted to kill myself. The game but- is so so not good. Um, the biggest problem it had, like. It, from what I remember, it's been a very long time, and I've tried to block most of this game out of my memory, but you would, you would like, go into a dungeon, and you would have a limited number of moves. For some reason, like, it would start to deplete your life, or you would, you would just run out of turns and not ha- have any more to spend or something. And then in combat, uh, the Saga games have always kind of had a life point and hit point-based system, and when you were out of HP, you wouldn't die. You would start losing your LP instead. And uh, when he ran out of LP, that's when the character would pass out. And this game 
it had a really bad LP system. Like, I, I think everything that attacked you would, like, deal LP damage, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Or something really terrible like that. So you would die in six or seven turns most of the time. Mm. It was very frustrating. Uh, what was the other thing that made it suck? Like, the combat... The, the combat in that game was just not very good whatsoever. I remember it was, like... Uh... Let's see here. It would, uh, the combo system, it was like choosing your attack was based on attack reels or something. Something really weird like that. I, it's, like I said, I've blocked most of Unlimited Saga out of my memory. I was not a fan of that game at all, unfortunately. All right, well, I miss your good opinion. saga games. <clears throat> yeah. They're, uh, yeah. okay. Well, you think that pretty much says it? Um, he says he's currently playing another game you have probably not heard of. Chase the Express. It's okay, kind of dodgy, but decent enough to play. Yeah, it doesn't sound uh, familiar. Never heard of that. <clears throat> and I've got, <laughs> and I got given a PSP for free, and I'm playing Breath of Fire 3 on it. Hmm. Any good uh, recommendations for PSPs? Uh, the uh, remake of Final Fantasy Tactics is really good. <laughs> And the both the Final Fantasy games, Adventure, or what was it, what was it called, Adventure, or what was it called? The uh, Crisis Core. Crisis Core is good. It's very yeah, neat. It was alright. Story uh, It's a very not, quote, Final Fantasy kind of game. Mm-hmm. It's more of an action. Hack and slash. R- yeah, kind of hack and slashy, with a bunch of RPG elements. If you play Final Fantasy VII and you liked it, then play Crisis Core, because it, it intertwines a lot of the same characters. Yeah. It does, and it adds <laughs> Yeah, it has story. the same characters, but it's completely different tone of story. That's why I don't like it. Um, mm-hmm. What about, do you remember how the Final Fantasy re-releases on the PSP were? Like the uh, Final Fantasy IV re-release? I, I didn't think, know they did that, no. I think it had a few, yeah. Uh, I can't remember what I heard though. about it. It was an alright system. Mine ran like shit. In other words, it basically did not run, so that's why I don't like it. Those are the only and, two games I had for it. Uh, the oh, well, ooh, the Dissidia games. I liked the Dissidia stuff because I'm kind of a sucker like that. Was Dissidia the fighting game one? Yeah, Dissidia is the okay. Final Fantasy fighting game on the system. Uh, okay. I played Dissidia one. I wanted to play Dissidia zero one two. Such a stupid name. Uh, but because my PSP was shit, I never bought it. So I did enjoy the first Dissidia though. It's definitely not going to be for everybody. I will warn you that right now. Uh, if you like Castlevania games, the old kind of platformer Castlevania games, pick up uh, Dracula X Chronicles. Uh, it's a lot of fun. It's the Dracula X game that uh, Symphony of the Night continues the story of, released in America, redone. It's re- it's touched up a bit. And uh, it also includes a playable copy of Symphony of the Night. So you get two games for one for that. It's it's a really good game. It's a really great deal. Especially because I love Symphony of the Night. Cool. Yeah. Okay. Um, And looks like that is it for our emails and all. Real quickly, anything you guys have been playing lately that's new and not old that you want to just say is good or bad? Uh, Diablo 3 or something Season 2 else. just started. Oh, you like the new stuff to it? Is it the new I season mean, or new patch? No, POE is new the new season. season. Yeah. Oh, it's the new season. Okay, what is that? Okay. Yeah, Season 2 started about yeah. a week and a half ago, maybe two weeks. It's alright. I mean, it's an excuse to play the game a little bit more. 
and I, I, it's been sucking up some of my free time. It's been all right. Robert and I have been playing Castle Crashers, which you should play with us. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> wow. He, don't, he can't. I don't think he can handle us for more than once every other week. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I don't think I can handle myself for Sean. <laughs> Uh, I've also, I finally beat Saints Row the third, and, uh, I really thought it was really funny. It was a really good game. Like, it Saints Row 3 was good. I enjoyed it. Yeah, that. it was really good. It was, uh, like it, I was really impressed on how they upheld the humor, like, all the way through, even up through the very last mission of the game. It was still really, really funny. Yeah, they, uh, they did a good job of, uh, being stupid, but not too stupid most of the time. Yeah. I mean, I, I think the one of the I don't know. I guess it was one of the better moments. It's one that's stuck in my mind ever since I played it. Uh, one of my the better moments in the game for me was the mission where you're driving a tiger around, and the tiger gets pissed at you and starts taking swipes. Oh yeah, driving. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that one and the pony cart race was pretty good, or chase rather. Oh yeah. <laughs> That was definitely a highlight. Also, uh, it's like doesn't sound that funny telling it, but it came across really, really funny when I was playing the mission where you're in the wrestling match, like all like this like almost the last mission of the game, and uh, you pull out a chainsaw during the wrestling match, and one of the announcers just goes, "What the fuck?" <laughs> but that was pretty good. I remember the last mission of the game now too. Now that you mention yeah. it, yeah. It was an interesting choice. I, I liked that uh, they didn't make you feel like, oh, you chose this one, so look at all these awful consequences of the one that you didn't choose. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I I really hate how hokey enforced that feels in a lot of like Bethesda games, where it's like, we're going to make you feel really bad about the choice that you didn't make. It's like, just... Yeah. Leave me alone. Let me revel in this one for at least a little bit. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. That's a really good point. And they do it. I thought they did a really good job of that at the end of that one. Yeah, I thought they did it really well, too. Uh, and also, I've been playing Abyss Odyssey. Have you played this, Blake? I have. I got about four hours into it. I, quote, beat the game after those four yeah. hours. Uh, it's a pretty short game. I guess there's a lot of sort of extra side-ish content and stuff, though. Uh, you can level up your characters a lot. But I, it, 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 the combat of the game didn't grab me enough to make me want to do that. It was an okay game. I didn't mind playing it for a couple hours. Yeah, I, I pretty much agree with you. I liked it a, a whole lot more though because purely because of the art. Like mm. this for me is my favorite art I think I've ever seen in a game. Really? Yeah. I really, really. I like the art style of it, but I, I, it's hard for me to appreciate it with the gameplay being as clunky as it is. Yeah, I know what you mean. It, well, I didn't necessarily find it clunky, but uh, it was. Um, it definitely is a short game, and like oh, yeah, I've played short. it. I've played it like I've, like you said, you've you've beaten the game in about four hours. I've beaten it like, uh. Probably about the same amount of time, and, I, and then I went through and beat it again, like with the guy that you unlock for beating it the first time. Yeah. And uh, yeah, like most of the replayability lies in like unlocking, like you said, like unlocking characters or like encountering new bad guys. Like there's just one thing where after you beat it the first time, every once in a while when you go to start a new game, instead of you jumping down in the pit and actually starting a new game, like this giant lion jumps out of the pit. Uh, into like the huh. area that's that's usually like there there's usually no bad guys there, 
and uh, you have to fight him. That's and, cool. Uh, like a little, yeah, it is really cool. Like a little stuff like that happens. That's really cool. And, and like I said, like I absolutely just completely love the art. But um, other than that, it is there. It, it doesn't have a whole lot to offer in terms of like more content and more things to do. It's kind of like if you're like me and you really like the way it looks, then it, that's then you can just keep on playing for however you want, just to kind of like look at it some more. But not a whole, not a whole new stuff does happen, but not a whole lot of new stuff happens. Yeah. And that's about it, Jay. Anything you want to talk about? Uh, nope. <laughs> okay. I got nothing. Nice. I, I can't contribute to any conversations anymore. What about Castle Crashers? Castle Crashers is pretty cool. It's actually better than I thought it was going to be. I'm enjoying it a little bit more than I expected to. Um, what about your Wheat Thins? Are they, uh... Yeah, bag's gone, he said. <laughs> That's why he can't talk anymore. He's too depressed. <laughs> it's like, whatever, guys. I got. Can we wrap this up? I gotta go to the store. I gotta call Nabisco and ask him for some discounts <laughs> on Wheat Thins. So good, dude. They're so good. All right, that's all I got. Um, oh, by the way, our website kind of sucks right now. Um, I didn't realize it, but like it's really like going slow as a like piece of shit. Why? I'm not too sure. Uh, whenever I go to the site, it'll load first, but then once I click on like just fine, but then once I try navigating anywhere, even just reloading the the same page. It basically comes to a halt, and I'm change. I'm like, I'm actually in the process of changing web hosts right now. Uh, but apologies if you're trying to use our website because it's not. Did you clean out your cookies, Robert? <laughs> I don't think that's really well. No. Did you have your cash, Robert? An issue. No, uh, okay. no, that's that shouldn't be. Hey, a you guys want a life hack? Oh God, here we go. Oh. Here's a life hack for you. Uh, if you middle click with your mouse on a tab in your browser, uh, it closes that tab. How about Wait, that? You mean at the top or whatever? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if I can say that oh. life hack, though. It's totally a life hack. All right, everybody. That's it for the episode, I guess. Whew. That's it. All right. As far as I know, the website problems haven't uh, affected like downloading the episodes so they, you, should, you should still be good as far as that goes. And our website isn't too useful anyways if you're just getting them. Uh, uh, Jay, I need to get your gifted copy of my game for the thing still. And oh, calling cool. him out. I'm yep. sorry, I forgot. And Robert, I need to give you yours. Okay. Yep. <laughs> he called himself out after he called yeah, me out. I'm fucking, <laughs> hey, I'm, I'll man up. I'm a man up, man. I, I respect that. Blake, I'll fight you. We'll talk about it. I will fight you at PAX. I don't think I'm going to PAX, actually. We'll fight him at TwitchCon. Yeah, that sounds like a plan. All right. We've been on this call for four and a half hours. Oh, my God. Are you serious? This is Wait, no, that's not not possible, because it is... Two and a half. Two and a half hours. But that's still really long. Because of that goddamn top three. My timer says four and a half hours, and I don't know why. It's wrong. Let's go. Just like you're wrong. Good night, Robert. Oh, Talk to you guys and hey, all right, hey, are we gonna do? Are we doing? Are we doing an episode next week? Since no. we fell behind. Two weeks. Or two two weeks. weeks. No, because I, I need to start playing a game and I don't want to fucking. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I want more than a week to play. All right, then we'll see you fools in two weeks. Whoa, don't be offensive. No, seriously, dude. What if they are fools? <laughs> 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 Good night, everybody. <laughs>